Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. We are back and we have more She-Hulk content to talk about. We have three first timers to talk about the show itself. However, Alex and Ryan, you were both able to join us to preview the series. Alex, thanks so much for filling in for me that night. Alex, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And Ryan, you're here to talk about it as well. We're going to talk about some of the stuff you talked about on the preview and kind of give you guys a little bit uh, to extrapolate on that. But Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here for you know, talking about a really fun show. And somebody who loves She-Hulk comics, well, maybe second most that have talked about the show. Kevin wants to fight for the top spot, but I do not think he can take her he out. Does. I don't think he can take her out, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm happy to happy to be back. It's been a while. There is. It has been quite a while. It's a pleasure to have you back. So um, there has been a little bit of Marvel news. We're going to get into that uh, here in just a minute. Um, but first and foremost, we are going to make a programming announcement. Friday's Weirdos will be off next Monday for Labor Day. So everybody can enjoy their holiday. Um, we do think that there won't be a ton of breaking news up until d23 d23 is august september 8th 9th and 10 or no really 9th 10th and 11th a little bit on september 8th as well which is disney plus day we get thor love and thunder hitting disney plus on disney plus day alex anything else you're expecting on disney plus day from a marvel standpoint yeah um <laughs> you, you tricked me i told you to do me last but uh, I did write down a couple of D23 predictions. Oh, well, we, so, I was just talking about Disney Plus Day. I didn't come to you uh, first this time. What, what, okay, Disney Plus Day. Just Is, are, is there the anything time? else? Yeah, so we're getting we're getting Marvel we're getting Marvel Studios oh, assembled okay. for Thor Love and Thunder and Thor Love and Thunder, but there's nothing else that we're expecting, right? From Okay. Yeah, no, nothing else, though I would say I would want another cool Star Wars thing. Not like one of the shows, but you know how they did like the biomes and then they did the, I would love another biome season because mm -hmm. I feel like it has been a year since we got it and that one was phenomenal. Uh, so maybe some cool piece of Star Wars content they haven't announced yet. Yeah, the biomes and the vehicles one, like those are both actually pretty fun, but the biomes yeah, the one vehicles is, really is pretty cool. cool too. I like that. Uh, Ryan, Sarah, anything else on Disney Plus Day that I'm not remembering? There's not a ton. I know we're getting Pinocchio and some other things. Yeah. Side note, oh, like CGI right. Pinocchio just terrifies me Re remind me what the timeline is is it, it's after d23 or before it's the day before the day before mm -hmm. man i i don't know i i'm still waiting for the, uh, some sort of valkyrie series announcement um i would love the okoye announcement the okoye show or the dory milaje show i guess so let's get it um, let's get into that then um leading us into d23 alex we will go to you last as i promised um we uh, so, Sarah, you're expecting a Dora Milaje uh, series hopefully announced. What what else are you expecting to hear at D23? So much, so much casting directors. I want I want to know who is going to be in the Fantastic Four. <laughs> like, I feel like we have all been waiting for so long. So um, just yeah, whatever they saved for us from uh, Comic-Con. I want to I just want everything. I do think as we go into the future of Disney Plus and D23 and Comic-Con, I do feel like Comic-Con is going to be more films-based and D23 is going to be more Disney Plus-based. What we got at Comic-Con seems to lend to that. However, I do expect a little bit of Black Panther Wakanda Forever stuff to come out um, mm -hmm. during this. I do 
it really seems like we're going to get some sort of Fantastic Four announcement. Variety is reporting that director of WandaVision, Matt Shackman, is being uh, tasked with directing um, now that John Watts no longer is directing Fantastic Four because he's doing Star Wars instead, um, which I'm completely cool with as well. Um, Matt Shackman, everybody knows my love for WandaVision. Uh, I, I would love Matt Shackman to take this role. There's plenty of casting speculation um, out there, but I just want to be able to know who it is. It does seem like John Krasinski is not going to be Reed Richards, and I'm completely fine with that. I've said that uh, time and time again. I think some fans have already set on their mind that that is Reed Richards, and I think part of it is the missed opportunity in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness by having somebody other than Benedict Cumberbatch portray Stephen Strange. I think if you had just had one Stephen Strange that wasn't Benedict Cumberbatch, people would be able to wrap their minds around it a little more. But regardless, Peter Parker looks different in every universe, all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Um, it does feel like they've got to make some sort of Fantastic Four announcement. Um, but from a Disney Plus standpoint, I don't, I don't know. Ryan, what do you, what do you think we're gonna get? I mean, I know we'll get uh, She-Hulk episode four as well on Disney Plus Day. So that's business as usual. Um, that is true. Other than that, I, I can't see too much more. From a Marvel standpoint, I mean, maybe I. The only thing is, we've long talked about this Halloween special that's going to be going on Disney Plus. So maybe there's some kind of announcement regarding it. I know we won't get it dropped, but sorry, we're working through some static announcement or static stuff here. So give us just a second. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, go ahead, Ryan. No, but I think you know that that Halloween special could be something that at least gets announced on Disney Plus Day. I mean, because it, it, maybe they save it for D23, but I don't know. It seems like something that could be a bit of news that's not super relevant maybe to the the future of the MCU, but also gives fans something to be excited about. Yeah, this long speculated um, – not it's not speculated. It happened. Michael Giacchino, the composer, is actually the one that directed it as far as we're aware. I don't know how long it's going to be, but they have to announce it, um, and I would assume it's going to drop – very quickly after D23 because it's been done for for quite a while. Alex, I know you're a little bit plugged into this Halloween special. Are you you're expecting that at the very least? Yeah, yeah, and I did I uh, I did put a little list together before the show uh, real quick after you mentioned that. I so I do have that as part of the predictions of uh, the Hall and and the Christmas special. So whether that's certainly we don't need footage of it if it's some short, right? So just at least of them saying, "Yep, here's our date, here's when it's coming." The other thing I would say for possibly Disney Plus Day is could we get the other 5 episodes of I Am Group on that day? Because they did say that there was another 5 coming. Um but I don't think they said uh, that's what it was. Can you hear me okay, Brian? Yeah, we can he we can hear it. I think the feedback for some reason might be coming from you though. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what's going on. So hmm. um, um the other pieces that I had though was uh, maybe they're gonna announce some phase six movies. Or sorry, not movies, the shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got the whole thing, they didn't list any of them. Maybe that'll be a, a piece. Uh, possibly a Marvel's preview. Again, I know that's a movie, but tying it in to Miss Marvel. Maybe Kevin can talk about how successful the show was. My bet, my bet would be that Amon makes an appearance uh, and you know comes out on stage, sort of thing. But then the other two pieces: uh, Moon Knight season two announcement and uh, Armor War, something Armor Wars related, since that was forgotten from um, from it as well from Comic Con. Oh, Moon Knight season two, give it to me. 
Uh, I mean, we're basically there, right? They just need to say it. Stephanie's making a prediction. Hugh Jackman will be there to pass the torch to somebody. Um, he's conveniently absent from the Music Man in New York during the dates of D23. So Stephanie's not saying Hugh Jackman will be cast as Wolverine, but he's going to be there to kind of pass the torch. Did somebody say Wolverine? It's like we got a clue as to who that <laughs> may, or at least what he may be up to in the MCU. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. I think we're going to be X-Men and Fantastic Four heavy. I really do. Um, yes. I, I think the Fantastic Four debut on screen will be in a film of some sort, um, in a post credit scene or something, potentially. I think that the debut of a lot of the X-Men are going to be Disney+. Plus. Um, I think I think we could get a like a, a rogue or a a cyclops or a storm or or so, like storm storm showing up in the Wakanda series of some sort makes a ton of sense. That yes. would be really cool. Uh, Alex, I legit got goosebumps when you talk about Iman Vellani coming out there. Like I want her to get her flowers from the fans. She's oh, yeah. she's amazing, man. Like I love her. So um, I'm excited to kind of just see how she's received and. Uh, and I, I mean, I love her. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Tiana Paris is on Instagram promoting a Photon comic book series run. Alex, is there anything you know about that comic book series coming? It's coming in December, correct? And it's a limited run based on correct, the character yeah. Monica so, Rambo. Limited series, which means it's probably five issues, maybe six. Um, but yeah, it's going to be written by Eve Ewing, who wrote. Uh, she's a very prolific writer from Chicago. She's done a lot of really great works. So, um, but it's. Uh, coming in December, and uh, I think I mean it's called it's called Photon, right? So I know our biggest guess was that that's probably the name that she's going to go as in the MCU, which makes sense since that was her mom's name. I think they purposely put that in WandaVision. Yeah. You know, we were always saying, oh, maybe she'd pick a different name to be different. I think that's going to pull at our heartstrings really hard if she's like, hey, that was my mom's name, and I'm going to just take up the mantle or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, they always seem to try and tie these comics in. And the interesting piece, this is what I would point out too, is. They always try and put them in the comics very shortly before whatever thing is that's coming out. It's usually like three or four months before so that you've gotten a couple issues under your belt. Like they they actually canceled the there was a Secret Invasion series that was another miniseries. It was supposed to come out, I think, like a year and a half ago when Secret Invasion was supposed to come out. And then it just disappeared. Now it's coming out in November. Right. And so that shows coming early 2023. So you can kind of see this is coming out in December. That's right in time for the Marvels and and just in time for maybe she shows up in Secret Invasion or something in that vein. When you talk about it being a for those of us that aren't as in the comic world as especially you and Sarah, um, when you talk a limited issue run five issues or so, is it is it released weekly, monthly? Like monthly, when would, yeah. okay, so it, it'll, be it'll be monthly and April, you know, they, they do this with a lot of characters, unfortunately. I mean, unfortunately, too, because, you know, there's an ending. There's going to be an ending to this story and hopefully it's good. But the hope is that the sales go really well and they make another limited series or they mm -hmm. give her an ongoing series. But usually those minis are easy because it's like we don't have to dedicate a whole ongoing to them. Uh, it doesn't cost them as much money, but we can see how much people want to read about her. So hopefully those sales go really well. I'll certainly be buying mm -hmm. one. Yeah, I think it's going to go. I think it's going to go just fine. Uh, Maria Rambo's call sign on the plane in Captain Marvel is Photon. But again, to your point, Alex, you see her name with her call sign 
in WandaVision in the Sword headquarters. Good yep, good she is she is going to be Photon. I've been betting a lot of that. There was a couple of Spectrum Easter eggs, basically like Spectrum News and other stuff like that, that were kind of call outs to the name as well in WandaVision. Um, but that was more of a I think that was more of an Easter egg, whereas Photon makes a lot more sense um, by mm -hmm. honoring by honoring her mother. I'm excited about that. Uh, other than that, D23, I think Kevin Feige is going to I think he kept a lot up his sleeve. Remember the last time we were headed into a D23. It was right after the Phase 4 stuff and everything that Marvel did at the Hall H panel at Comic-Con. Holy crap, what are they going to do? They come out with Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Moon Knight. Like, they kept a lot in the bag and it was all Disney Plus related, so I think there's going to be a lot yeah. coming. I th I think we're going to be Fantastic Four and, and X-Men heavy for, for whatever reason. That's just kind of what I feel like. Um, Deadpool we'll, 2, maybe. Dead, yeah, Deadpool 3 would make a lot of sense as well. Um even though I feel like D23 announcing your first rated R film would be interesting. I feel like Comic-Con's more the platform to <laughs> hey, announce you, Deadpool you got to break the seal somehow. You right? do. Like that's, and that's fair. You've got to do it so that they can do it more in the future when we get the Wolverine movie or, you know, there's going to be more adult films coming. So they got to do it at some point. Stephanie is going to D23. If I remember correctly, she, signs, she finds out next weekend if she gets to be in the panel. So that's everyone awesome. cross their fingers for Stephanie. Awesome. So, all right, well, let's get into not talking. What's that? Can I add one thing? Um, not to be a contrarian, but I would be surprised if we are X-Men heavy. Fantastic Four, yes. I think we'll get some X-Men stuff. I think that because of whatever deal that they had had that said that until the end of this year, they can't uh, announce new actors. Um, I think that we might wait for that until next year. We might get some anim more animated stuff or at least some if there's anyone coming back to play the role. But I, w I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little light this year and then next year we go full-blown X-Men. I'm not super, super familiar with the, the deal you're talking about. I thought that ended in 2021, but you're saying that ends in 2022. So I, I believe it, it might even be 23, to be honest. Um, there's a, a deal that was reported on, and I'm not 100% sure that it is um confirmed by any of the trades but from what i've seen that there is a deal with with the merger that any x-men characters cannot be recast until a certain point and the only way you can include them in the mcu was by using the same actors hmm. so the character miss marvel being a loophole i suppose because Correct. the x-men are now officially here um the the reference we're going to talk about the reference to wolverine and, and she hulk as well but that's that's interesting alex it looks like you were doing maybe a little research on that yeah i'm, I'm trying to pull it up right now because i remember i had a picture on my phone and i don't anymore but yeah if i'm remembering right it was something about if the characters cat something it was like 2025 i thought because I, I remember when it was told it went with the theory that we had had that like once phase six hits that's like gonna be the mutants which started in 2025 26 so it would have lined up right there but i wonder is what the difference between they're required to be cast in whatever movie you make can you can you just make a casting announcement hey we're gonna be putting this person in but the show doesn't start until 2025 right because you know clearly there won't be any mutant movies but um so yeah i'll have to double check I'm, I'm googling it right now on the news i can't yeah. seem to find it maybe it was a well, you're on to something if they do fill in that phase six uh, timeline, because that phase six timeline uh, is a lot of 2025 stuff. So between all the Avengers films and and everything else. Well, let's get into talking about She-Hulk. Ryan, we're going to go to you first. Ryan, you 
you were part of the She-Hope preview on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos that I was unable to be a part of. Has this show met your expectations? In every single way, except for one. It's too short. It needs to be longer. I, I hate when I'm watching these episodes and I'm like so excited. And then I look down and look back up and the episode's over. Give me more. I know it's nine episodes. It's supposed to be a half hour comedy, but just give me more of the show. I'm loving it so much. Alex, I think that's a that's a criticism you have as well. You wish you could just binge the whole thing. Yeah, and especially after this week's. La- last week's was fine because it was a longer episode, and by longer, I mean normal size. Um, I, I timed this one. It was it was like 21 minutes long with all of the credits plus the little you know what we saw last week sort of thing. Way too short. And I felt the same way. It was like you know that feeling you're having a really good time while you're watching it, and then I just get that creeping feeling of we're getting close to the end, aren't we? And then I check the time and it's like, we only got 10 minutes left. So yeah, that and same thing. I completely enjoyed the episode. Um, we'll dive into some of maybe some of the tiny nitpicks and stuff, but overall, yeah, the only real issue is this thing is too short. Disney plus one. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it Two, Please add in the option to skip the recap. I hate being, yes. I hate being tipped off of to what it could potentially be coming. I, I, I use this example all the time, but like the, the appearance of Boba Fett and Fennec Shand in the sixth episode of season two of the Mandalorian was completely tipped off immediately by showing them in the previously on. I don't need the previously on to catch up. I understand other people do just give me the option to skip it. Like, like a theme song, whatever. Like I just, we don't have that option. And it's frustrating to me. I don't want to watch it and I can do the skip ahead 10 seconds, but it just, I don't know. And also if they're still listening, once the full season is out, take them all away because you don't need them anymore because you can watch all the episodes right after now. You don't have to wait for a week because I know what it makes sense. They do it, but you should have the skip. And then when it's all out, just get rid of them in general because they're pointless. Yeah. It feels like lost is kind of the show that started that too, where, Hey, you remember this character from three seasons? Yeah, they're coming back. Like, okay, I didn't need to know that. Like, you kind of ruin undercut. Yeah, it's an art because then you're like, oh my god, you're like, did he was he in like a prior season? Then you gotta go (laughs) research it and all that stuff. Can't do that anymore. Nope, you can't. Everything gets ruined. Everything gets ruined by the internet. Sarah, as our resident biggest Jen Walters fan, where do you stand on this show? Sarah, you're muted still. Sorry. Um, y'all remember I wasn't totally sold last week, um, or I'm sorry, the week before on the first episode, uh, I was still on the fence, but Tatiana Maslany is perfect as Jen Walters. I mean, there's just nothing I would change. Um, this episode was excellent. I thought, I thought it was excellent. Um, so if it keeps like, if it keeps getting better and better with every episode, I'm, I'm going to end up loving this show. So you actually like week two better than week one. Yes. Interesting. Ryan, are you in that boat? I would say I like them about equally. I don't, I don't think I, um, they're hard to, they're hard to compare. That's for sure. Right. Maybe episode one, just because it was longer. That's literally the only reason. In episode one, just because it was all her like origin stuff that it, it wasn't new material for me. And so I, the, the new material is what is exciting yeah. for me. And at least, I mean, at least they got the origin out of the way. Alex, I know you yes. were a big fan of getting the origin done in episode one and, and then moving on. 
yeah, that was a real smart move, but they still fell into, they fell into an interesting trap on this one that we'll certainly talk about where this, to- this entire episode felt like an in-between. It felt like when Mando stops the ship to go get it repaired sort of thing, and they pulled it off really nicely, but it's like the gist of this episode is she goes from not having a job to finding and getting a job, and obviously it's much deeper and better than that, but it still it was like, I-, I need to see more stuff. Like, I need more of the show, and you're get- they're-, they're really dripping it to us, which is crazy. Yeah, we. I mean, we at least know Daredevil's coming, and there's been no mention whatsoever. Right. She hasn't even been back in the courtroom yet, so go Whoa. ahead, Ryan. So we obviously got, I mean, skipping ahead slightly. Welcome to Ryan's yes. Theory Corner. Yep. The the scene of her getting fired, and then the title card appears, She-Hulk, attorney for hire. There <laughs> are some heroes for hire who could be appearing <laughs> at some point. So... Speculation corner. That's a stretch. I thought the same thing though when I saw that. <laughs> but then she gets hired, so it was like, okay, well, it was a cool play though. Let's let's start right there, Jen. Uh, you can give me the rest of the entire show of Jen just drinking as She Hulk and then having to turn into Jen <laughs> and not being able to handle how much alcohol that She Hulk has had. <laughs> Laugh out loud, funny, cracks me up. She just falls out of her chair, sits back up, and goes different metabolism, and she just. Just kind of keeps trucking along. I think that that is a hilarious joke, and I think if they keep it going, I'm all here for it. But Jen loses her job. The boss kind of says, you did what you could. This is a very much a, a great power, great responsibility setup where you had to save the people, but because they saved the people. And I do love uh, that Mr. Holloway from GLK and H goes, uh, you'd beat us before I had it declared a mistrial, of course. Like He's all proud of himself for getting it declared as a mistrial. Um, but Jen, Jen losing her job. I mean, we, we knew this kind of had it happen. We knew she was going to be a, a leader of the superhuman law division. Um, but Sarah, is there anything that really stood out to you in this opening scene other than the, uh, guy at the district attorney's office who, uh, says he's going to go talk to it, to the hot girl in the corner, <laughs> the, the, chi- the, the chick or whatever. Yeah, that was, that was funny. Um, no, I just, I think it's funny how she's, um, she is so insistent that she doesn't like the name She-Hulk. <laughs> it's like a running joke now. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the the drinking was hilarious. Her falling off the bar stool. Um, yeah, it's great. I will say that, like, at least they're like we know her name's going to be She-Hulk eventually. I am kind of tired of everybody getting a nickname that they hate that they're just going to like poke fun at for a while. Like I would love yeah. to get a new joke when it comes to there. Like we did it with Miss Marvel and nightlight for a while, night monkey. Like, so, I mean, that is what it is, but that's my minor complaint there. Alex, how about you in this opening scene at the bar? Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was funny too. And I think, I think the show's done a phenomenal job at this. And obviously that to me is, is Kat Koiro and uh, I'm trying to think of who is. She was the writer, right? She's the director. Director. Okay. Who who's the writer? Go ahead. I'll keep, I'll I'll check it out. Oh, is it Gao? Jessica Gao? Jessica yes. Gao. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, I, the, the writing on this is spot on, and I I think there's a really key piece from obviously we see it built from that first episode around yeah you know she's she's gotten all this stuff already she doesn't need all of the training because her entire life she has been training as a female to you know, take crap from other people and have to still keep her composure and all of this. So she's heads and tails above Hulk in that sense, but they've still in this episode. Now they're diving even deeper into that idea of what does it mean to be a derivative? 
And she calls that out in the beginning of like, why am I She-Hulk? Like, that's just a derivative of Hulk. But she's calling all those things out that you never really saw in the comics, but it's essentially teasing that. But at the same time, all the characters in the show are, are playing these like, just out of uh, larger than life characters. Obviously, a lot of people are like this, but you see this in the news when the guy goes, this chick, pretty decent. Pretty decent. She, <laughs> and I, I was just like, like, no one would say that being recorded on air. Maybe some would, but I just, but it, it goes back to that whole idea of what she's had to deal with. And then immediately in the bar, he's like, oh, I see a hot chick over there. I'm going to go talk to it. Like they constantly <laughs> are putting that in your face of like, she has to deal with this stuff all the time. And, and you look at it in this episode too of like, Everything that happens gets her upset because she's getting fired and all this stuff. Yet she doesn't get mad. She doesn't turn into the She-Hulk. And so I just I think it's really cool how they spun all of that. Um, and, and I think that was my favorite part of the bar scene is just that she like she doesn't want to be there. But you've got Nikki there being like, this is kind of awesome, though. Like you're not seeing the good parts of this. I get that there are bad parts, but there's some really good things and you're getting free alcohol out of it. So like I, I love that. I thought that was great. I love Nikki. You say nobody would say that on television. I see you and I raise you corn. Ain't nobody got time for that. And hide your kids, hide your wife. That's true. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> Ryan, I'll, I'll also point out too, Sarah, you probably caught this as well. The whole getting fired and getting hired uh, is straight out of Dan Slott's comic run. That's exactly what happens. The only yeah. difference is in the comics, um, what is his name? Holloway uh, wants her specifically to be human gen as opposed to specifically being Hulk gen, which I thought was an interesting It's interesting. Change. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, he's got to graduate from either you do this or you don't have a job here, right? Like to your to your point, Alex, they're kind of larger than life characters. Like eventually, that threat is going to run run its course. Uh, but he kind of he pulled that card three or four times in this episode of you do it or you're fired. Like you do it or you don't have a job. I do think it's interesting that he didn't tell her about the She Hulk part until she actually walked in the door. But yeah. I, that was obviously by design, yeah. and that actually makes makes a ton of sense. Ryan, how about you with this opening scene? Yeah, I mean, I think that, like you said, the joke with her falling off a chair was funny. Uh, one thing I did want to point out is that on the ticker, on the second newscast, it said that Titania's outburst was due to an extreme low blood sugar. And as a type <laughs> 1 diabetic, I feel that. Um, I wouldn't say outbursts of, like, rage, but I definitely get outbursts of humor when my blood sugar goes low. Um, and I just become the biggest goofball more than I already am, so... Low blood sugar does change your emotions. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, Ryan becomes the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. No, no, no but uh, but I, I it was good. I, I liked it. I am just happy that she has a job now. That's I'm Him happy too. for her. It's really all it's really all that matters. You gotta carry the show along. I do like that she sits on her couch and by the way, did anybody catch what her the background on her iPhone was? When she got the text message from her parents, it is the backside of Captain America. Laugh out loud. Funny. Crack me up. But she's looking at a BuzzFeed article about restarting her life. Ten ways to restart your life moving to the Alps or whatever. Uh, but on the right hand side, Sarah, we're going to go to you on this. It, it, and it, maybe it, they didn't officially drop BuzzFeed, but that's what it looks like. They're asking, why is a statue of a man sticking out of the ocean? Sarah, as our resident Eternals fan here, I've called you resident a couple things throughout this episode. <laughs> Um, okay. everybody finally asking the important question of this giant man sticking out of the ocean. What are we doing here? And then they talked about how there was a man with claws that got into a bar fight. So we have our first 
unofficial mention of Wolverine in the MCU, uh, but just kind of fun Easter egg. Sarah, was there anything that stood out to you there? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I just, I've been wondering when we were going to hear about the, the giant metal dude in the Indian ocean, <laughs> like sticking out, like, when are we going to hear about that? So it was funny that there was a call out. Alex, how about the Wolverine thing? Uh, I, I love that we caught that and I was like, oh man, like who's going in and, you know, pausing at one second of this to look. But then when I watched <laughs> it a second time, I'm like, they leave it up for quite some time. And like the if ad- you're not looking at what she's looking at, you see, you can't not see it. So yeah, I, I was like, wow. And, and it's, it says metal claws. Like there's not a lot of room to guess that it's something else. And I'm surprised because you know, Kevin's line iteming every scene going okay you know don't put that there don't put that there so you know they said that there was going to be a lot of easter eggs in this show and a lot of cameos and stuff so i think we're starting to see that now the ad for the shoes the iron man threes uh was a was a cool ad and then there's a qr code there on that screen there's i would assume just like moon knight there's gonna be a qr code in just about every episode where you can scan it and get a free she hulk uh digital comic it was on that same website as well Uh, i thought it was a fun easter egg um, they're living up to their to their word, like you said, Alex. Jen goes to dinner. Phase four is the phase I, of supportive parents. Go ahead, Ryan. I just want to add two quick things on that. It looked like there was a third piece of news on there, and I'm very yes. curious as to what that could be. It gets cut Second off. Second yeah. thing, I would like to officially name the PG version of uh, Captain America's backside to Roger's rear. Can we can we refer to it as that going forward? I like that. America's Rogers rear. Okay. Like uh, Ryan, I think that third uh, thing there said something about Quake, like that there was a Quake. Oh, <laughs> don't do it. Like talk, about, talk about resident fans. Oh boy. <laughs> oh man, that was I will mean. say too as a uh, like a, a really cool filmmaking call out from right before then the montage of her getting nose from all of the the different firms. Mm. Uh, but you you see her smile slowly decrease in each visit uh, was really cool. I well, thought, and, you know, she's losing steam. It was great. Well, and mm-hmm. the the backgrounds that she in gets dirtier and dirtier. As you're she right. You're too. right. Yeah. The, very, the very last one has like old boxes looking like Hell's Kitchen. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. could she have gone to, to Foggy? But um, <laughs> I hope he's in this show. I love Foggy. As long as he's played by Fulton Reed. Um <laughs> We go, we go to Jen's parents' house. Nikki will not come. Nikki has a date. I don't think there's anything malicious to Nikki having a date, but who knows? Like, I love Nikki. She's my favorite character in this show so far. I think she's funny. Um, but they go to Jen's parents' house. Very supportive parents, as you have come to be accustomed to here in Phase 4. We've got a lot of supportive parents, all the way from Red Guardian to Kamala's parents to... I mean, Red Guardian maybe not super supportive, but he was still a good dad. Um, <laughs> he but, does. Yes. But Ryan, I'm going to go to you on this. Jen's dad has a very valid question. Why did he hold this question and not ask Bruce at some point? Um, also, last week, Bruce talked about uh, their cousin being a very genius man. He just got promoted to manager. <laughs> yeah. Just got promoted to manager at Best Buy. Um, so promoted. I think we all know somebody like Ched um, in our lives. So give them... Give them a big hug and a congratulations the next time you see him. But Ryan, he wants to know, what does Hawkeye do with his arrows? We've had a whole six-episode series of Hawkeye. We still don't have the answer. Do you have any theories here? I mean, in the one episode, didn't Kate Bishop have to go retrieve some arrows for him? Yeah, that's Uh, true. Yeah, that's true. But it doesn't seem like that's happening every single time. 
So uh, he must have like a, a warehouse or a shipping container somewhere on the on the Barton farm that just has like an endless supply. He got like a buy one, get four million free discount somewhere. So well, I think that's got a working lot. with Tony Stark kind of is, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's uh, he's definitely got reserves somewhere, but in a pinch, he'll go chase him down. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but Alex, anything to you that stands out uh, just with Jen's family other than her supportive parents trying to support her in the best way she can? I really you know, liked I, her line of I'm okay not being okay. I mean, that was kind of yeah, the important that, part. Yeah, I mean, here. there's a lot to break down in that scene. For, first, at, at the dinner piece of it, Ch- I thought it was Chet. And then when they kept saying Chet, I was like, oh, this is who they're talking about. And I was like, then Bruce must have been making a joke because this guy is nowhere near as smart as they are. Um, but the uncle, <laughs> what does he say? Who, in the I don't know why every like... time I laughed my pants off whenever he went employed and promoted uh, that uncle is actually the a- he's a acting coach uh, is either acting coach or action coach on multiple Marvel movies. I, I was looking on IMDb. He did. Uh, he was on Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He was on, I think, Captain Marvel. There was a couple of them, but I was like, oh, wow. So they were probably like, hey, do you want to be you know, in the show for a little bit? You've been helping us out. Uh, but yeah, I loved when her dad brings her in because, again, you know, it's like, okay, he's kind of the lovable doofus. But then he's like, no, really, how are you? And I, I loved that she had the same conversation she has with Bruce where she's just talking and he can barely get a word on you. Just, uh, uh, uh-huh, yep, mm-hmm, yeah. But yeah, the whole thing was great. And, and I think the biggest piece there, which I loved, was – when he's like, you know what? It happened and you're still standing and now you get to move forward. And it really was a powerful statement because it's like the one thing she was afraid of has already happened now. So she can kind yeah. of she's free in a sense. And she even says it. She's like, it does feel a little freeing. So I love that. I mean, again, in a 21 minute show, we get those little pieces like that. That's what's keeping me coming back because that's awesome. Chad when he's talking about 4K in the post credit scene. Like, I don't know. What I, I took issue with that. You guys know I'm me sure as you a, did. a physical media snob. I do. There is a difference with 4K. There, there's a total difference. I watched uh, Top Gun Maverick in 4K recently and it was fantastic. Oh, nice. Sarah, how about you with this scene at the house? Um, I loved it. I thought it was really um, her dynamic with her and her dad was really sweet to me. So I thought it was great. She goes to the bar she uh, uh, wants another beer but can't have it because she's balling on a budget now. Uh, very much a call out to her time on Parks and Tatiana Maslany's time on Parks and Rec for me when talking like balling on a budget is something Tom Haverford would say. Um, so that's how I took it, just Tatiana Maslany because she dated Tom Haverford on that show for a minute. But she gets a new job. Mr. Holloway says, like, I had it thrown out because, of course, I did. I'm very smart, like, very smug. That's the whole point of his character. Um, nothing in this scene really stood out to me beyond this. Is there anything that anybody has here? All right. Um, There's a movie playing in the background. Um, and that's, this is like, that's hyper-focused. I could not tell what movie it was. And I don't know if it has any bearing of it. I could, but it was just, it was like one scene. And it was I a, was like, Ooh, I couldn't even tell who the actress was. It was a quick snippet to me. It looked, it looked to me like it was some sort of like an episode of the practice or something like it. It, it seemed like okay. a law show, like a, a lawyer show for lack of a better okay, term. Okay. That's kind of maybe law and order or something like that. Um, the one thing in this scene that definitely made me chuckle a little bit was when Jen was like, yeah, I'm going to hire my own paralegal. And Holloway was like, frankly, I don't give a damn who your paralegal <laughs> is. And he just was like, I don't care. You can hire whoever so, you want. Like, yeah, I, I love how she like, I, I will hire my own paralegal or I won't do the job. Like she's like strong arming him after she just quickly took the job. Um, but we go, we go to 
uh, GLKNH. We walk the hallways. Jen kind of breaks the fourth wall and then has to say she's agnostic to the idea and she's going to be thinking about that for the rest of the year. I thought that was all really funny, but everybody's fascinated to see her. She's very much in her head, rightfully so, that she just got the job because she's the She-Hulk and nothing else. Um, we didn't touch on it earlier, but the other guy that worked at the other law firm where he goes, nepotism. Okay. Like, yeah, I thought Dennis. That was, uh-huh. I thought, yeah, Dennis, that's his name. Uh, but we meet Pug. And Alex, I want to ask you about this. Pug is somebody that was discussed briefly in the preview of the show. Pug is a character from the comics. Other than being very resourceful on giving you the map to the nearest best place to poop, is there <laughs> anything else of note that we need to know about Pug? I think they're just um, they're plugging him as like actually a good dude. And again, I know Sarah probably knows a little bit more about him. I personally thought Dennis was Pug for the first episode because I, for some reason I didn't hear his name. And I was like, wait, so Pug's not going to be in the show anymore? But then he walks in and he's like, I'm Pug. And I was like, okay, like he's super nice. He's super suave. He's very kind. Like he's the exact coworker that you want. And it sounds like that's who his character is. So I think it is just like in a world of all of these people telling her what to do and being rude to her that he's going to be the one guy that um, that isn't. I will point out one thing, too, as they're walking in. Or I guess two things. There's a scene where they walk past one of the rooms and there's a bunch of comic books. I thought they were comic books on the wall, but they're actually comics on the front of a long box. And so that, I think, is alluding to all of the long boxes that are from the slot run too of like they use those mm. for actual law because they're technically certified by the comics code, which I hope they dive into. Uh, but the other thing was I, I, I laughed every single time when they're walking past the boardroom and there's just a bunch of all, they're probably 50, 50 age, 50 plus white men all laughing. And at the same time, Holloway is going money, 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 money as they, as they walk by. And I just was like, that's just too funny. And then, yeah, he says, so what do you think about all of this? Is that what and he I says? Was like, Wait, did I miss something? And, and she's like, yeah, I'm agnostic. I was like, what? So yeah, like that whole scene played out so well. He says money, money, money. Oh, you know, it goes money, 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 money. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never caught that at all. That's hilarious. I didn't catch that yeah. either. <laughs> like Mr. Krabs. <laughs> yeah, and literally like Mr. Krabs. Yeah, it was cra- as they're all like laughing in the room too. It was like, what are all these people you're doing? It's crazy. Sarah, I know you're a big fan of Pug too, right? Um, I he's from one of the runs that I wasn't too into. So I actually, I think Alex probably knows more than him. he's from the that slot run, right? Alex? Yeah, and like yeah. I said, the pieces I read, he's just like he's just another paralegal. So I think this yeah. is one of those instances where, like Nikki. Let's just bring a character in, whether they have the same name or a different name from the comics. But like, let's add some some flesh to this, because, again, no one remembers those characters. So we can kind of make them whoever they are. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, We go we learn uh, about and Ryan, we're going to go to you on this, that Jen has a conflict of interest. She needs to meet Emil Blonsky, at least to be able to keep her job. Like we talked about, Uh, Mr. Holloway kind of holds that over her head quite a bit. Blonsky being held at the Department of Damage Control, just another attempt of the MCU of really establishing who damage control is and kind of where we're headed um, in the future there. Uh, But Blonsky is a completely different man than the last time that we saw him. Ryan, how did everything with Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky play out for you? So the first thing that bothers me a little bit is the MCU is kind of just washing shields from existence um, because it's Why does that bother you? I wonder why, (laughs) Um, but I mean, it's mentioned in the MCU proper quote unquote and an agent of shield that the abomination is in the fridge under shield control. And I know shield falls, but he just ends up with 
damage control. Damage control is not shield. They're not even close to shield, in my opinion. Or are Whatever. they? <laughs> uh, but maybe. Good but point. I, I like Good to point. stop with, with Tim with Tim Roth. Um, he definitely seems more namaste. Um, definitely <laughs> more happy. Definitely more um, remorseful. And I think that I like this Tim Roth better than I liked any ounce of Tim Roth from The Incredible Hulk. Mm -hmm. So I'm he cool was, with it. Yeah, this he was more relatable, wasn't he? Yeah. This feels more Pulp Fiction Tim Roth than it does The Incredible Hulk Tim Roth, which I'm completely fine with. But the fact that he wrote Bruce a haiku and apologized <laughs> and Bruce is completely cool with it, it works out great. But the way Jen plays everything off of, oh, yeah, great. Like, you wrote a haiku. This, is, this isn't good. But as he's defending himself, saying, like, giving his resume of, I've done this and Royal Commando and, and I was on loan to the U.S. government. And the only reason I did what I did is because they told me he was a threat and they pumped me with that Serpent Soldier Serum. Like, she's like, oh, interesting. Like, I've got this case in the bag. You can see the gears turning in her head uh, of how good of a lawyer she is. But, Alex, anything with uh, this Emil Blonsky scene that stand out to you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, my notes, I just said I'm with Emil. I, uh, I thought it was a great presentation by him. I think that would sit really well with the jury, especially, you know, with the amount of time that's passed. And I think this is just another great example of mining old MCU content, especially from that era. Because if you remember, like those old Iron Man and Incredible Hulk, they're very military heavy. And there's a lot of like things that in the, even in those movies that would not fly today in in terms of you know some of the stuff that Tony Stark does and all that sort of thing uh, so it's nice to see them kind of reckoning with that to be like hey I love that where he said I you know I wasn't really even in control and she's like but you destroyed a city he's like right but like I didn't have control of myself and now the Hulk is a hero but he's the one that I was supposed to go get and so I I like you said I saw those gears turning I was like this actually this makes sense. And, and he was remorseful, which I, th I found really interesting when he's like, you said the haikus, it was like, oh, geez. But he's like, no, like I actually wrote a bunch of them out. And I'm like, okay, that's actually kind of sweet in a sense. And, you know, if, if it works for the Hulk, you'd think it would work for everyone else too for something like that. Like they're clearly good haikus. But even, <laughs> even removing, even removing the, uh, the entire ending of the show from your memory at the moment, we still know Abomination isn't completely gone. Because we've seen him pretty right, recently. Yeah, but so. I mean, like this to me, this was the indication of like this is your your sign that he's going to be in the Thunderbolts. Because like part yeah. of the Thunderbolts to me is like there was the versions where it was all villains, but then it's like, well, that doesn't make sense because if Elaine is going to be in it and Zemo's going to be in it, we've seen all these characters where they're bad, but they're so bad it's good, and we never saw that with Abomination. But now with this, I'm in. Like I'm like, okay. He definitely is remorseful. He's probably only doing the abom the abomination fight stuff because money was involved. Or there's going to be a good explanation of why the public isn't going to see that explanation. But he's going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, like Wong needed some. That's probably why we see Wong. Like he probably shows up and tries to explain here's why I needed abomination or something like that. So like I I'm excited about that. Yeah, and if you cut the if you cut the scene in Shang Chi when they're in the locker room and Wong puts. They walk back through the portal to wherever right. they're walking through the portal to that cell that Blonsky mm -hmm. is in. Um, so Wong is going to yeah. get in. We know Wong's in this show. He's going to show up at some point. We assume it's going to be related to his fight with Abomination in uh, Macau in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. But we don't know that for sure. But we I mean, it, it's the only thing that would make logical sense to really introduce Wong into this show. Um, so we'll see kind of where where we go with Wong but it's coming up but it was man it was good to see Shang-Chi like 
find another spot in the MCU. Yep. I, I hope Shang Chi makes an appearance somehow, some way. <sighs> I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, Ryan, cool. I, I know you love Shang Chi, so uh, I know that 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 really stood out to you. But Sarah, how about you with with Emil Blonsky? I think he says to Jen that he found seven friends through the prison pen pal program. <laughs> oh my gosh and he says he wants to go out and buy land with his <laughs> with his seven, yeah, with soulmates. His seven soulmates it's so bizarre just, um just build I, like a just build like a community of of <laughs> recovering convicts start his own cult um yeah no i i, I thought it was great um the tim roth was excellent in this scene and like you said a lot better than i remember in the incredible hulk um but i can't wait to see more back and forth between the two of them i he's, think i think it's great he's brilliant like yeah when people when people say like the only thing they know tim roth from is the is the original the or not the original but the incredible hulk from 2008 the first one in the mcu like one you need to go watch pulp fiction but two, like Tim Roth is an actor. Like this guy gets it. And Russian born, British raised, like all that was the way he just recites things off. Like I'm very, very excited to to get more of him. I would expect we're gonna see him as the abomination at some point, other than the 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 series in Shang-Chi. Yeah. But why like I mean he says he's he's got control he seems to have as much control over being the abomination as as Jen does over right. being She-Hulk. So um I wonder how he figured all that out, but I mean, a long time in prison with nothing else to do, I suppose is going to be able to make it work. Jen has made up her mind. She's taking the job. She calls Bruce to ask for permission, but she gives every excuse as to why she wants to do it before Bruce can even give her the permission that she wants to. Bruce is on that Sicarian class. What was it? Class C ship. I think they called it. Um, he's on his way. Probably back to Sakar is the only thing that would make a ton of sense. Robert was speculating last week that Scar is Hulk's son. He, Robert is all in on that is what's happening on Sakar. Alex, do you agree with that consensus from Robert at least? Yeah, I mean, if they, it makes sense, if they do it, I'm here for it. But part of me also, it doesn't like, it seems like that's a stretch of, if we're only getting 20 minutes for an episode, I feel like you got to dedicate an hour to just explaining like where Hulk was, how that all happened. Yeah. And you know, where, why he wasn't alerted sooner, all that's because scar is like old by the time he finds him, at least he ages differently. Yeah. yeah. But they've already cool established that Sakar all the time works way different on Sakar. So oh, right. yeah, like exactly. with Loki yeah, and with him. Loki and like Thor had just shown up and Loki had been there for weeks. So I feel like, I feel like that's right. You okay. you've kind of already established that where you don't have to explain that too much without just weird wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm I don't know how they're gonna do it, but it seems like that's what it is, and so I'm very excited to see how they weave that all together. But we we are led to believe that the ship did not have uh, bad intentions, just like we thought last week. Like it just kind of showed up, but it wasn't there to do any harm, even though it caused that big car accident. But Hulk. Did kept his word. He's investigating whatever it needs to be. Uh, Ryan, how about you? Anything with Hulk stand out here for you? I mean, it, the scene definitely gave the same vibe as <clears throat> the post credit scene in Far From Home, where you think Nick Fury is in one location, and then surprise, he's on a ship going yeah, straight point. in space. So it definitely gave that kind of vibe. Maybe they're related. Maybe he's not going to Sakar, or Sakar is somehow involved in secret uh, invasion. Maybe interesting who knows but I, i'm not hedging my bets that is not a tinfoil hat theory that i'm willing to die on 
Um, I enjoyed this. I I think like a lot of people would like to know the logistics of how Hulk has a son, but um, not not holding my hat on getting that those logistics. We'll see. We're in a when a when a daddy monster in a. <laughs> um yeah i i get that but i want to know what cell phone carrier hulk has because until they go to light speed like he's got full cell phone service in the middle of space oh i bet the wi-fi on there is insane <laughs> sarah you know, though, and we're you know we're gonna see them again because we have to she still needs to confront whoever this person is that's driving the ship because in a legal setting that ship is at fault for her accident like if that ship hadn't have been there, she would not be She-Hulk. And so there's going to be some sort of gag with that. That's my prediction. But beyond her just being like, hey, you jerk, like you caused me to be the She-Hulk. You came in and we still don't know who it is. Like it's very strange that we've seen the ship twice, but we don't ever see who's driving it. So it's got to be somebody important. Valkyrie. That wouldn't make any sense, but let's yeah, let's go that way anyway. Don't tease me. Don't tease me. Topaz and her melt stick. Yeah, didn't she get melted or something? Topaz is still kicking. Okay, good. Then maybe yeah, yeah it's probably Topaz. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> this would also make no sense. Taser face. Oh, there, yeah. Put that hat back on, right? Yeah, that makes that makes absolutely no sense. But yeah. I love that idea. <laughs> so you just guy. wake up in the morning and say, you know what's a real kick ass name? Sarah, <laughs> anything with Hulk before we talk about Wong and Abomination and what that may mean for the rest of the series? Nope. All right, so well, let's start right there then, Sarah. Wong versus Abomination. We see at least where the MCU was going when we saw Abomination in the trailer for Shang-Chi and everything else that happened there. Wong, our new Agent Coulson. But go ahead, Sarah. I So what is the timeline here? So has are they showing a clip from... They're how, showing a clip from Shang-Chi that we already saw, right? How, yeah. Are, are you saying how long between the clip being filmed and the clip being released? Yes. In the MCU timeline, She-Hulk falls after Multiverse of Madness. So months or weeks at least. But kind of everything in Phase 4 is kind of happening around the same time. I think I think someone found out and and leaked the footage. I don't gotcha. think it was like live. You know, oh, this happened yesterday. I think this was someone being like, ah, She-Hulk, ah, the Abomination. Why don't we drop this out into the public? Like, I think okay. it was something like that. Right, because that's, it was kind of. I mean, they do say in She or in Shang Chi that it was kind of streamed on the dark webs anyway. Like bus oh, boy, bus boy. So people kind of knew, but to Alex's point, like somebody hates Jen. Somebody hate like it's all it's publicized that Jen's now Emil's lawyer, so this is the right yeah. time to leak it. Yeah. Okay, but timeline now is not adding up, right? Whatever. <laughs> Don't think too much about it, man. Well, okay, so like just just thinking about Shang Chi, right? Post credit scene, Bruce is Hulk. He's got his thing on his little changing thing, mm -hmm. but he's on like this blue hologram thing that looks like the holograms from Endgame that Captain Marvel is also in. So is Bruce now in space with Captain Marvel as a hologram? Somehow also Bruce. Uh, never mind. No, no, no. no. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce is in his, his cast. Bruce is in Mexico. He had his cast at the beginning of the show and her blood cured him. So all of that was in line. Like he's casted up for some reason or another. Oh, well, that's from the snap. Leading... But yeah, leading toward yeah. Alex's point that this the clip from Shang Chi has been held on to for weeks, if not months, before it was released. Oh right, right. yeah, okay. like okay. someone's just got right. someone probably has like a, a hard drive with all of the fights on yeah. it, and they're like, ah, okay, perfect. Maybe it's the Ten Rings. 
Maybe. That'd be fun. Man, that, oh, That's there's a so good many thought. possibilities. Yeah. That'd be fun. Ryan, like as that. our, uh, I'm going to go to it again, our resident biggest fan of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Nice to see it, at least. Any theories that you have here? Oh, don't ask me about theories because you know that I'll make this show go for an hour and a half. But Speculation um, station. I would love to see some character from there, whether it's Shang-Chi or Katie or Jailene. Um, any one of them somehow appearing in here would be awesome. Um, I just, I, I want to see them again. It's been too long since we've seen them. It's almost been a year mm -hmm. since the last time we actually saw them. So give me more. Going full circle, D23 predictions. My craziest prediction is some sort of Jailene Ten Rings Disney Plus show. I awesome. think that'd be super fun. Alex, any last minute things on this episode of She-Hulk? Anything with this Shang-Chi scene? Yeah, one thing, which is um, he's like, yeah, Hulk says, yeah, I've completely forgiven him. You know, that was like 15 years ago. I was <laughs> yeah. a different person, literally. And then she looks at the camera and goes, ha, ah, that was brilliant. <laughs> that, that was, was brilliant. perfect. That's why you break the fourth wall. That was yep. yeah, that exactly. Was. Yes, it was just. Per I mean, how else are you gonna? It's a great way to make fun of it, but at the same time, like it was reverential. Like it was not yeah. mean at all, and so I loved that. Like, who knows what else we're gonna get? The this show is turning into like the perfect MCU show in a sense, right? Like all of these other shows have all been so fantastic for how like WandaVision has played off of TV sitcom tropes and Moon Knight is completely separate from everything. This one is like straight in the MCU referencing MCU stuff. And now we're getting all these cameos and oh, it's just, it seems like it's embedded in the, the fabric of the MCU, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And making fun of it at it a couple right. of turns as well. Like do the Avengers have, maternity leave and all that kind of yeah. stuff. That's right. Yeah, that's like, right. We kind of explored that in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're just going to go at it from a female perspective here. But Sarah, any last minute things on She-Hulk before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think that was a great call out, Alex. I would have forgotten that. Um, no, it was perfect. Um, yeah, no, nothing else from me. Ryan, how about you? Just the one, the one thing that I had noticed was when she's in her corner office, in the GLK and H building, you see the logo for GLK and H, and that logo is the same font and format as the original She Hulk logo before we got the subtitle. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was a nice little uh, connection right there, and I like that a lot. So. I, th I think the original logo for She Hulk, when they announced it at D23, was what we have now, except for saying attorney at law. Then it became the one you're talking about. And then it went back to the original one with the attorney at law okay. at the bottom of it. But yeah, like, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Like that logo is 100% the same. We even with the slash and everything that they had in it. Yep. That's the same green background and everything. I, I, I just thought that was a nice little uh, call up. Alex, I'm glad you're telling me Pug's a good guy because anybody that can give you a map to the best place to poop. I'm, uh, wow. Everybody I know. needs that man. I feel like that's a rarity. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what's going on in comics and cinema land? Uh, tomorrow we are going to be talking about, it's going to be a smorgasbord. Uh, there's a bunch of, uh, new, I, I, we're going to talk about this movie called day shift, uh, that just premiered on Netflix with, uh, um, great cast. It's like a zombie vampire movie, but it's a comedy. It was really good. Um, highly recommend checking it out. But then also I, Brian, you're going to interest this over the weekend. I watched kingdom of the crystal skull from Indiana Jones. I'm going to be making my case as why this is a good movie. So uh, you guys come in. There's going to be some other, maybe some surprises as well. 
Um, but yeah, we're just going to be talking some movies, maybe some comics. Alex, please rank your Indiana Jones films for me. Uh, top is probably uh, the first one or Raiders Last Crusade. Of the, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Last Crusade. Raiders of okay. the Lost Ark. I'd, I'd say probably Raiders, Crusade, probably Crystal Skull, and then Temple of Doom. Those I'd put Temple of Doom, Crystal Skull are like two. I give them eights, and the other two, those are tens. Those are amazing movies kingdom of the crystal skull is my third as well temple of doom is very down my list i do not yeah, like I mean, temple of doom a lot i don't like about that movie <laughs> ryan agents of field yeah we'll uh we'll be doing an episode podcast only this wednesday um just a news catch up nothing too exciting um except you know it's just another podcast give us a listen and uh, we'll have some way more exciting stuff in the in the next couple weeks Late Night Alum on YouTube says, what do we have here? Randomly found us on YouTube. Give us a like. Give us a subscription. Come back. We're here every Monday night, except for next Monday for Labor Day. Sarah, the Nerd Emporium, what do we have going on? Um, Listen, there's a little show coming out at the end of the week on Amazon Prime called Lord of the Rings on Prime Rings of Power. Never heard of it. Um, Never heard of it. <laughs> so... Uh, we are going to start doing what, what do you think, Brian? Weekly episodes? I think so. Uh, we're going to be doing, um, get you ready for the show before it comes out. Um, talk about the show as it's going on and then probably, probably a nice little wrap up episode. So, um, be on the lookout for more announcements. We're super excited about that right now. Coordinating schedules. So. Sarah is running one pod to rule them all. I will be around as much as I possibly can. We both love Lord of the Rings. Alex knows a few things about Lord of the Rings as well. Ryan, have you even seen Lord of the Rings? I started the first one and I started it way too late at night and I have to pick it back up. That has but been I got Ryan? my HBO Max. All I right. got my HBO Max back working. I'm going to give it another go, not at like 11 p.m. Yeah, not a good, not a good watch idea. the extended versions. That's what's on HBO Max, so. Perfect. Yes. H well, I mean, extended versions your first time through? I mean, I guess you have nothing to compare it to. It's even better. nothing to compare That's it fair. to. Don't even worry about it. It'll be like it's the real thing. It's fair. It is the real thing. It is the real thing. <laughs> well, we will get more information on one pod to rule them all as soon as we can. But thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. And until next time, for the children. Earth's Mightiest Weirdos is brought to you by Pinch of Pixie Dust Travel. People who love travel understand that life isn't about the breaths you take, it's about the moments that take your breath away. That's why we help coordinate the most magical adventures for you and your family. Disney, Universal, Sandals, Norwegian, Carnival, and more, we are a full-service concierge travel agency that will help with every aspect of your journey. Let us take care of the details while you enjoy your family. Get a quote today by calling us at 570-832-7798 or fill out a trip request form at pinchapixiedusttravel.com. Just follow the second start of the right straight on to your adventure. That's pinchapixiedusttravel.com, where you're making memories one trip at a time. <laughs>